In 2020, APIs have become an essential part of any digital transformation toolkit. Whether you're looking to deliver new products, expand your marketing reach, analyze your data, innovate on existing technologies, or improve work efficiency, modern enterprises rely on APIs to get things done. However, as API adoption explodes, the complexity of discovery, consumption, and integration also gets dialed to 11. When APIs have to be integrated and maintained manually, this places an additional burden on an already overwhelmed IT department. So, how do we move forward from this? Our guest may have the answer. Greetings Internet, my name is Kevin Montalbo, Content Editor at Toro Cloud. In this episode of Cocktails, we talk to the founder of Superface.ai, a platform that promises to integrate APIs without humans. Of course, with me today is Cloud CEO and founder, David Brown. Hi, David. Can I Kevin? And our guest for today is the co-founder and CTO of Superface.ai, revolutionizing how businesses connect digitally, empowering developers, and establishing autonomy for APIs. He also founded Good API, helping enterprises and startups to identify and build the right APIs for their business, and was the former director of DSL development at Apiary where he authored the API Blueprint Description Language, which is now used by over 200,000 developers and architects to describe well over 300,000 APIs worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us for a round of Coding Over Cocktails is Zdenek Z. Nemec. We're glad to have you, Z. Thank you, Kevin. Hi, and uh, good to be here. Can I say? All right. In a previous article that you wrote, you told readers that the way we do APIs is broken beyond repair. Can you share with us some of the challenges that the industry is currently facing with regards to APIs and how these all led you to start Superface.ai? So the reasons are twofold. The one is uh, a business, business approach to APIs, and another is, is of course, technical. The first one, uh, you know, the relation between the business and IT can be fixed and it's improving, you know, salespeople understanding APIs. And uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, the developers thinking about, hey, how this API is actually helping my business. So there are some improvements there. Uh, it's just still, uh, uh, you know, a long way to go. But then uh, the technical side of things, I think they are not going all that well because we had the concept of, of REST APIs and hypermedia and it was not really understood and adapted by developers. And now we are uh, for many years looking into, uh, and we are down this rabbit hole of people trying to, uh, you know, uh, solve the versioning problem, solve the documentation, and basically they are holding everything with their bare hands and trying to, you know, keep, uh, keep the ball floating. Uh, but I don't think it's going to work with, with the increasing demand. That's an interesting uh, perspective from someone who uh, authored a description language for APIs, Blueprint. Um, has the adoption of API description formats like Blueprint and the more recently Open API and Async API, has that enabled uh, you know, better automation and discover, discovery of APIs? I think it did. I, I, it absolutely did. I think uh, you know, that was uh, one of the revolutions, or, or we don't have to call it a revolution, but the change of thinking uh, started, uh, you know, back in the days in April, I think what was like 2012 or something. And there was a format called Swagger before APRA where uh, really we, we pushed people or we asked people to, okay, don't program first, you know, stop and think, design, design your APIs up from uh, before, before you start coding. 
And so these formats gave, uh, gave us as developers and architects uh, you know, the chance to think about the APIs, but also to, to make them more discoverable. So I think it totally helped. Uh, the journey was quite bumpy. Uh, nowadays, still a lot of people are not designing first. They are still generating this API descriptions format from their code. And uh, we are seeing, you know, it helps with the discovery because these developer portals, these uh, API hubs, when they submit, uh, when the developers submit the API description formats, that definitely helps with the discovery. So I, I know that at Superface, you, you, what you're trying to uh, achieve is automation. So my, my understanding is, is that, okay, we have a, a form of a description language for an API, whether it be open API or something else. So there's some sort of machine readable format for an API now. So presumably if there's a machine readable format, there's the capacity for a machine to be able to pick up that API and someone else's API, do some, some sort of machine learning algorithm over the top of it, automatically map it and create the services to connect the two. Is that, is that the concept behind Superface? In a, in, a, in a way it is, but there is uh, a fundamental change to uh, this API description formats uh, from the Superface standpoint and how we use them. The first thing is the problem with the current formats, including the one I have created was that, um, or is, that they are mixing two things together. The business, so what you want to do or what that API can do, like send text message, and the actual implementation. So we have, you know, what, what HTTP call you need to do or whatnot. So right now, these two are in one, in one document, in one description format. And as such, it's, it's, it's really difficult to, you know, understand what is what and, and, and maybe abstract away on the use case level and not, not uh, you know, get down into, into the implementation. So that's one thing that Superface is actually doing, like splitting the two, right? You have, the, you have uh, uh, some notion of, uh, of business, layer, if you will, of what your API can do, and then the actual implementation, whether it's GraphQL or REST or, or anything else. So that's one thing. The other thing is, we don't use these description formats at the runtime. There might be some, you know, very few examples, a GraphQL schema can be introspected at the runtime, but uh, we are not using the open API spec or API blueprint at the runtime these days. We use them at the design time to spin, up, spin out the docs or, or, or uh, I don't know, SDKs or some tests, but we are not using these formats at the runtime. And that's a fundamental, you know, uh, problem because we are baking everything into our code, into our clients, and then we deploy those clients. And then if something changes, we need to basically change the client and redeploy, right? So the difference with Superface is the, of course, you know, you split the business and implementation, and then you actually share this information at the runtime, not at the design time, not at the coding time, which gives you many benefits. All right. So you probably are going to, or are currently facing a lot of skepticism from companies and API experts when it comes to automation. So you're probably getting questions. So how are the people you've talked to responding so far with Superface? What's their take on automated APIs? So, so there are two layers of this. Like one is one is automation, and the other is autonomy. Over the years, I've seen the automation is actually uh, a more cultural problem than than technical. You know, having uh, having this uh, CI/CD approach and DevOps approach that takes actually more uh, you know change of a culture or mindset or approach in the company than actually bringing some crazy new technologies. So that's that's one thing. You know, we still 
have to convince people that automation is good and helpful. And then you have this autonomy, like saying, hey, you know, you can have clients that can self-heal, that can uh, self-navigate. That's something that people, of course, don't, don't get at the first. And, and, uh, and then you get this denial, right? Like, especially when I talk to, to developers, like fellow developers, the first thing they do, and that's the nature of us as developers, we try to break things, right? We, we, somebody presents you with some, something new, and then they are starting thinking, hey, hmm, how this worked, or oh, this cannot work, or what if, what if, what if, right? So from the developer's standpoint, we often hear, uh, you know, this, this might not work, or what if, what if. If we talk to API experts, then uh, most of them, you know, uh, the, most of them get it. They, they think something like this ha must, to happen, must happen. They, we see that, you know, we cannot have developers manually connecting to APIs if we are going to really get to, to some, some, you know, AI future. And so uh, I think experts are seeing it. Question is, of course, is this particular implementation will be the one we think it will. The... Um you're talking about uh, automatic healing in case there was a change to the API so the client can can detect the changes of the API at runtime and automatically adopt those changes and heal. But isn't the concept of an API as a contract that doesn't change? So what, is, what, sort, of, what sort of the ch changes are you uh, talking about? So when you are a client, your contract is really or should really be what you want to do as a business case not you know you don't care what is the implementation at the end of the day if you want to ship container fetch some information or do whatever you care about those business you know use cases and not whether your provider have implementation in what uh, api style uh, or json format is just trending right <clears throat> so your contract should and in reality really is the the business case you know, and then the rest is just the, the implementation detail. So, and that's, that's what I, that's going back to what I said about the API description format. Now the contract is bold, the, the business case and how they implemented it yesterday, right? And that's, that is what is causing a lot of problems. So Superface is giving you the freedom to, you know, contract on the business case level and don't worry about the implementation. That can change, that should change actually. And this in the hand side gives you the ability to switch the providers because if they fulfill the same business case, then you are no longer tied to, to you know, their actual implementation because you know with firsthand integration costs a lot of money today. And if you, if, you, if you integrate with one provider and that's what we are of course seeing, they know the providers know that if you spend the time integrating with them, then you are less, more likely to stay with them, right? Because changing to another provider Costs you, of course, another an integration work. There are so many variables in how, how you how are you managing all the variables associated with the different uh, services and implementation of the operations and right. There, this is this 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 is a huge topic, right? There is a, there is a, a many things, and we are starting small. So we are starting with the, with the technical interfaces. We are or technical aspects of this. We are not yet looking into the business parts like contracting getting apis legal slas all that that's a that's a that's a whole you know another uh, box to to be open so we are now like of course you know dividing conquer so st starting small with trying to teach developers don't integrate with api 
you know, don't integrate with Twilio, integrate with send message. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's the first like bridge that we need to cross. Start thinking about. But, but in that in that particular example, you're not talking about abstracting the API and creating a send message API, which you're mapping to all send message providers, right? That's not what you're doing. No. No. We have a we have a, a, a basically one universal SDK, where uh, where you use this SDK to talk in this business language, so send message. And that SDK will figure out through this uh, concept of uh, integration mesh that we are talking about, uh, what are the providers? You pick some providers and uh, translate on the fly. So there is not this, uh, in, in, in our world, there is not this integration platform in between. The integration is, uh, or the, the translation from the business case to the actual API call is happening on the client side in this particular SDK. Amazing. And so are you, are you picking particular use cases to begin with, like, a, like send message for the example we gave? That, that, that's correct, yes. But we want to make this open so everybody can add their own use cases and, of course, the match to, to the providers. So we are starting with uh, some selection of these use cases. Uh, for example, uh, the send message or logistics uh, use cases would be uh, another, another example. And... We want to have this open, and it actually will be open by nature because the client is, of course, running on the on the on the client side. So that that's an open source that will be an open source client. So that 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 one universal SDK is really doing most of the magic. And when you think about it, a lot of you know burden with uh, today's APIs is that we are building custom bespoke clients for every API. Like mm -hmm. every single API, every single client for Salesforce API is, is bespoke. That's, that's just ridiculous, right? <laughs> like we yeah. are writing, it would be like writing bespoke uh, web browsers. We, we don't do that. We have universal clients for worldwide web, the most successful API. So you have dozens of web browsers and they work with uh, different applications. That, that, that's true, but, you know, the, the description language, the machine-readable description language has enabled automation of that client so that, you know, the client can read that we do it ourselves uh, with our own product. We read the, the description language, we generate the services automatically, the machine-generated, and if the, the, the schema changes, we can automate, automate create a new, new but client But that's service. the funny thing. You know what Google is trying to do. They are advocating, hey, add the structured data, annotate your HTML with JSON-LD, so we as a Google search engine can actually understand what's going on on that HTML page. So Google is the first pushing, uh, you know, web uh, web developers or, or, you know, whoever is making the websites to annotate the actual content uh, on the, in the HTML so it's meaningful for machines so Google can give you a better result. <laughs> you, you invented the description language. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well just, before, yeah. yes, but then, you know, <laughs> I, I know, but I'm still learning in the process, of course, meeting the people and observing the, the you know, the, this world. Uh, if you would meet me like 10 years ago, I would have this dream like, okay, hypermedia and rest is the right way to do it. Yeah. And over the years and years, I learned that uh, it will probably never There's a better it. way. It's amazing. You know, and obviously, you're at the forefront of thinking when you came up with Blueprint. And quite possibly, you're at the forefront of thinking now with this automated discovery and implementation of APIs as well. I'm going to get slightly off track because I just think it's interesting. With the API description wars, 
with Blueprint versus RAML versus OpenAPI and Swagger or Swagger that was then known. How do you, how do you see that played out? Like why why did uh, Swagger and its evolution to OpenAPI seem to become the winner in the OpenAPI in, in the RESTful API wars and and then competing formats like GraphQL and Async API for different use cases? They 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 did a one amazing you know thing Tony with uh, with uh, Swagger uh, and they did a, it, it's of course like you know how do you play it on the developers community and they did this amazing move to to move the Swagger, what was Swagger, into uh, the Linux Foundation, right? So uh, I think, you know, I guess at the APRA, even though we built the API blueprint and tooling around it as open source, it was always perceived as, uh, as this company's language or this company DSL and company tooling, which was the same for all the others that you mentioned, but uh, uh, they did this amazing move to move it into the Linux Foundation, call it Open API, and create this Open API initiative, which is good. I, I think it's good that we have one format there that 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 now is uh, de facto standard. Of course, when you have one monopole, you might be losing something, but that, that's good. But again, I think we need to move past these these uh, description format that are being used uh, at the design time only and that are mixing the business and implementation. All right, so I can imagine that a machine learning algorithm, uh, it can easily learn that an API that describes a data entity as last name might be referred to as surname in another API and automatically map it. So data mapping, enrichment, transformation, they can get a lot more complex than that. So how far do you think can we go with automation? Well, we don't know what we don't know, but uh, I think eventually we'll be very far, right? If you dream about the, the interfaces connected to your neocortex, then, you know, and do this some sort of reasoning, then eventually, and, and maybe singularity, then I think, you know, we as a mankind will get there. Probably not with superface, probably not in the next decade, but I think we, take, we can take it very far. Uh, that's that's for sure, and and we are learning in the process like how how we do this, and we do an awful lot of things manually. But we historically know that the automation and autonomy is actually the solution to the complexity. So when when a lot when a lot of people are doing something manually, then you know, then of course people start thinking about how to automate and how to give it an autonomy. I, I, and I think we are at this point uh, with the APIs because of course. There is more and more uh, stuff happening uh, digitally, especially this year. And uh, the number of APIs and the way we keep them together by hands is just you know, not going to scale. So there is this urge for us to, to you know, take it further to start thinking about the automation so we can use the engineers to do a better work than just you know, doing the wires. The, the, the design side of things. So we talked about, you know, the client. How would automation change design of an API? Does it change at all? It 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 will. It it, uh, but it will be the design of an API will be a secondary thing. I think in the future. That's 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 my thinking. So these design formats and uh, will be like a secondary. Of course, you still care today about the design of a chip, about the, you know, the, the assembly language and whatnot. But we are now thinking in a higher, like most of the developers are thinking in a higher level than you know, how the, the assembly works or you know, the, the, the chip is designed and whatnot. So there are, of course, people and teams who are deeply taking care of the design of these uh, sort of low-level low uh, you know, uh, 
hardware or languages, but most of the developers are operating on another level. And I see this will happen with the API. So the API design will be there, the API architectural styles will be there, but they will become more like a low level to, to you know, what uh, the, the majority of developers do, is doing. So the, as such, the design, yes, it will be important, but it won't be like, oh, you don't have a design expert in your company, you don't have your API designed right, then you know, good luck uh, having the customers or developers using your API. That should be the thing of the past because this is really an implementation problem. At the end of the day, the, the name of the game should be you know, what business uh, capabilities your company offers? What are the commercials and something related to this? Not if you were able to hire, you know, good enough uh, API designers and technical writers to document that interface. I love it. You're turning on, it, on its head. You're turning, <laughs> you're turning all the stuff which is being preached out there at the moment about this discovery languages and, uh, you know, focusing on design first and <laughs> I know. turning it all on its head. <laughs> And I'm, I'm guilty, you know, like I'm guilty for, uh, for what we've done and I'm guilty for, uh, you know, rest not being understood and the rest not being used as it was meant to use. We were, we, we as an API expert actually failed into, you know, advocating those principles, but it's time to, you know, uh, just move past and say, okay, this didn't work. Let's, let's uh, you know, learn from this and, and, and move higher. It's not that it's not working. It's just that it's a learning process. Yeah. And, and so, in and, and actual fact, significant gains have been made from the innovations you and others have created. Of course. It's just that it's a, you know, it's, we're in the infancy of this, right? It was such early days. And so uh, that we just have, to have such a long way to go. And I know. We, we call this uh, medieval 2.0, you know, <laughs> like when we'll be looking at uh, what we were doing today uh, from maybe, yeah, right. you know, in 200 years, this would be like, oh, these guys in medieval, they were just <laughs> manually connecting computers together. Yeah, um, I would like to just jump on that thought because uh, we're thinking here on a, like a change the mindset type of uh, thing, you know, because uh, Z is like, you're totally on a, on a different plane of thinking right now uh, due to the fact that you want to change the way we like consume APIs. And here in the show, we we often talk to authors like Mike Amundsen, uh, a friend of yours, I'm sure, uh, who explained to us the API story and James Higginbottom as well, who who uh, told us about the align, define, and design mentality. So there's always this human approach, uh, but is automation going to change all of that? Yes and no, but th th this 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 story approach uh, that's definitely very valid, you know. But that that goes back to the product ownerships and APIs. Like what we were doing recently before I moved into Superface, we were spending, uh, especially at the you know uh, uh, my my favorite company Adidas, we were spending a lot of uh, uh, advocacy and, and evangelism on on hey, you know, API should be treated as a product. API should have a product owner. And that's where the stories and personas and who are you building this for is actually very important, right? But again, if we go back to uh, back to what I was saying before, like API will be this low level low level thing is still very important. Still have to have a proper design. Then uh, uh, you know this product persona will probably move higher on that level of uh, abstraction. So the product person and the story of of what your company is offering should be on the, this business level. 
and uh, then you know only enabled by these technical interfaces. So, so the, 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 the user journey, the stories will be here. The product owners should be there, but I hope you know we'll uh, make their life a little bit easier uh, because we'll move uh, higher up from the technical interfaces to the actual cases that you want to solve. Interesting. How about uh, security and privacy? How are they how are they going to change under under this new world? It will be a whole new world. Like <laughs> when you start to think about it in, in so many aspects. So as for the security, uh, I think the biggest concern right now that we are having with, uh, with uh, this autonomous uh, integration mesh, the superface, is really the trust. Because you, have, uh, you will have a lot of uh, elements, the clients, the consumers, the providers, uh, you know, in this, in this network, in this mesh. And you need to, of course, establish uh, the trust between them because they don't know each other. And so that's one aspect. And of course, uh, you know, the way the superface is designed, uh, you are essentially running some code in your, on your client side. Something similar that you are doing now with the web browsers when all the web browsers are downloading all the JavaScripts to do, you know, uh, something. So executing a remote code on your on your computer. So, you know, we need to, of course, uh, take a great care about that. So there are not, not some men, men in the middle attacks and whatnot. So there's this whole new aspect of basically your clients running some other code from the outside. And then as for, as for the privacy goes, uh, I think this will be actually a more uh, a private place to be, if you will, because you will no longer need this uh, integration middleman, the, the services that you built the layers in between that are, of course, adding latency. Uh, but, you know, in case of some, you know, third parties, they might be a, a concern of, of a privacy because you are, in, you know, in this AI mesh, because you are communicating directly between consumer and pro uh, provider, there is no middleman except, except maybe the internet issues uh, in between you and the provider. So that might actually help with the, you know, uh, feeling about the privacy and where your data are going uh, uh, true. The super interesting guest. Where, where are you at, like with this whole process? Like, when when will we see something from Superface launched? Do you think? Very good question. So we we aim at the early early uh, access uh, Q1 uh, 21, and uh, open uh, for public. Uh, you know, three four months later, depends on how that go. So we are we are definitely ramping up, uh, hiring up, uh, hiring people, and, and working on this as much as we can. But <clears throat> again, there was one part of building it, but then we need to evangelize. You know, hey, stop, stop, you know, coding HTTP calls. That's not what you need to do. Just start starting and start operating on another level. So that's that's another part of uh, what we are trying to do and evangelize. And and of course, thanks for having me because that also helps. Of course, and superface.ai is where everyone can uh, follow you and no doubt uh, join a mailing list and, and get, stay in touch with what's going on there. And your social accounts, how can they stay? Uh, that, that will be the Twitter, uh, superface.ai as well, and the LinkedIn the same. So yes, we are in the process of relaunching the website with more information and, and starting the media uh channels and whatnot but you know how it is when you are at the start and you have so many things to do yes. <laughs> from the technology to social media <laughs> that stuff comes later <laughs> it's just like <laughs> i probably won't see any christmas this year <laughs> yeah uh, look 
uh, I think you've, it's, you're doing amazing things, uh, whole new world. Congratulations, just you know, the stuff you're working on. It's amazing thanks, stuff. Thanks, thanks for your support. Thank you very much. Yeah, and we'll definitely be following your progress and seeing how uh, we can adopt your your thoughts and processes inside, inside of what we're doing here at Toro as well. Cool, cool. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Z. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you very much, Z Namek, for being with us. To our listeners, what did you think of this podcast episode? Any thoughts on automated APIs? Let us know in the comment section from the podcast platform you're listening to. Also, please visit our website at www.torcloud.com for a transcript of this episode, as well as our blogs and our products. We're also on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can talk to us there because we listen. Just look for ToroCloud. Again, thank you very much for listening to us today. This has been Zenemic, David Brown, and Kevin Montalbo at your service for Coding Over Cocktails.